you might have noticed that this week there was a new beginning. Wednesday, we began a new calendar year. Truth be told, it is arbitrary that we mark the new year when we do. Cultures throughout history have marked it at different times. The ancient Mayans celebrated July 26th as the start of the new year. The Persians, March 19th. The Druids, November 1st. Even today, there are many cultures all over the world that that recognize different new years and celebrate different times of beginning that are different than our Gregorian calendar. We celebrate the new year on January 1st because the Gregorian calendar was modified in the 1500s from the Julian calendar and the Roman god Janus was said to have had two faces, and that's what January is named for. One pointed to the past and one to the future. He was considered the god of new beginnings. So when, when we celebrate the trip around the sun, maybe arbitrary and based on some Roman myth, but this is the week we did it. And so we, like the mythical Janus, look to the past and look to the future. This particular New Year's seemed to hold a little bit more profound significance. According to our calendar, it marks the end of a decade. The 2010s or 2010s, remember when we started at Y2K, we were like, we're going to figure out how to say this. It's going to be just like common that we'll figure it out. Just like we said, 1982, we'll figure it out. It'll be either 2082 or it'll be 2082. We'll figure it out. I feel like we still haven't figured it out. <laughs> 20 years in. But anyway, um, whatever we want to call them, they're done. These 2010s. They're behind us. They're gone. In the last decade, we did a lot of living. We welcomed new people into the world. Both of my daughters were born in this last decade. We made progress. We, we, made, we, we made things that, that weren't existing before. We got degrees, we made new friends, we did important work. We laughed and danced. We lost people who we do not want to leave behind. We suffered. If we knew all that would happen in this decade on New Year's Day 2010, we would have cried out in simultaneous joy and grief, unable to move forward. But we did not know then. As we do not know now, what kind of reflections we will have on this day in 2030. We do not know what we will gain. We do not know what we will lose. We can only begin. Today our scriptures are about beginnings. This is the calendar of God, the God of new beginnings. In creation, 13.8 billion years ago or so, Uh, There was a beginning that led to all other beginnings. There, the word breathed life, and God's plan for the cosmos began. A plan that brought interconnected life from chaos to harmony. A plan that was embedded with grace upon grace for every generation of flora, fauna, and human. A plan that is epic and long and has not been able to be encompassed in a single tome or culture or story, or time. It is a plan that has been true forever and will continue to be true forever. Everything 
belongs to God. You, me, the bumblebee, and the cedar tree. This plan is chock full of beginnings. The endings, it seems, are only a prelude to another bigger beginning. This pattern of death and resurrection was made undeniable in the most profound ending and beginning in history, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And in that event and promise, we see a window into the truth of God's plan for the cosmos. Life, hope, love, restoration, joy, and grace upon grace. So, here we are, church, at the beginning of a brand new decade, albeit arbitrarily measured, ready to be a part of the master plan of the cosmos. Since we all belong, we all have a part. Christ was not Jesus' last name, and the saving Messiah is not only relegated to the 33 years of earthly ministry in the incarnate Jesus, Christ was present in creation, infusing it all. The Christ is present now, embodied in us and everything. The scriptures say we are the body of Christ. And so, dear ones, as we stand at the precipice of this new decade, we are invited into the life-giving work of the Christ. With the grace, power, love, and joy of the resurrection, nothing can stop us. So what will we do? As a young person growing up in evangelical tradition, I would hear that question as um, a kind of litmus test for my own faith. Oh no, I'm not doing enough. Oh no, I failed again. I'm not a good enough Christian. But thank goodness we as Lutherans get to live in this expansive grace, this grace that always comes down. And we know that we are loved and accepted and cherished exactly as we are. And so we get to respond not with guilt, not with a sense of compulsion, but with joy and thanksgiving. So what will we do with that joy and thanksgiving this decade? Jeremiah, in our Old Testament scripture that Teresa just read for us, wrote that scripture as a refugee himself to other refugees of the Babylonian destruction of Judah. He may very well have written it from a refugee camp or a homeless shelter or under a tree somewhere where he was camping to people in similar circumstances. The scripture speaks to every community throughout history though because every community throughout history has always had refugees migrants and more, people in need of a safe harbor. There are people in need of a safe harbor today for all kinds of reasons. There are refugees fleeing violence of wars and gangs and sex trafficking and extremism and poverty. There are refugees from other faith communities who do not feel that they are able to be who God made them to be in their churches or their places of worship. There are refugees in all kinds of ways, people fleeing from families that are abusive, people who who are needing a new start, 
people that are, are trying as, as hard as they can to fight addiction. And here we are, situated in our land of plenty, ready to welcome. This is not an accident, church. It is not an accident. We have been placed here not to just come and feel warm fuzzies on Sunday morning or get really yummy cookies, even though we do those two things. We have been given this grace and this joy and this love so that we might welcome and provide safe harbor to those who are in need. How can we do that in this new decade? Normally, I just talk, and I don't invite y'all to talk. And there's a good reason for that a lot of times. <laughs> but this morning, I invite you, if you want, to think of ways that the Spirit might be moving us in this new decade to proclaim God's radical love and safe harbor. If you know, if you feel something in your heart, go ahead and call it out now like you're a Baptist. <laughs> you can just speak it out, really short, short things. Anything else? What else do we hear the Spirit tugging our hearts and our church? Speak out against unnecessary abortion. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. We have an important opportunity to be counted in the census and uh, what that will affect our future for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. So addressing homelessness, living in peace and opposing war, and speaking out and having our, ourselves counted for the census. What else? Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Naming and confronting our fear. Naming and confronting fear. Ooh, that, that one hits a nerve. Be thankful for where we are. Vote. What's that, Virginia? Yes. Yes, yes. Pray and, and bless those who are in danger's way in the military. Absolutely. Let people know that we're praying for them. And this is just those people that are willing to speak out. Because some of you would never talk in a million years. 
And that's okay too. The Spirit's moving you as well. And you can bend our ear after the service or proclaim it with your life in action. And however it is that you embody that. There is work to be done. And in God's plan for the cosmos, we get to be emboldened to do it, strengthened and inspired and reminded that we are the body of Christ for the world. The same breath that breathed the world into being, the same Christ that was embodied in Jesus, the same Christ that showed us how that death is only the beginning, and the same Christ who continues to invite us into new beginnings that bring life to us and to others. We are invited to begin. This morning I wanted to finish my sermon with the first reflection of the year from my daily devotional that I read every day um, by Hafiz, the Persian poet. It is entitled, Listen to the Music. And it reads, I am a hole in a flute that the Christ's breath moves through. Listen to the music. I am the concert from the movement of every creature singing in myriad chords, and every dancer, their foot I know and lift. And every brush and hand, well, that is me too, who caresses any canvas or cheek. How did I become all these things and beyond all things? It was my destiny as it is yours. My poems are about our glorious journey. We are a hole in the flute, a moment in space that the Christ's body can move through and sway all forms in an exquisite dance as the wind in a forest. You, beloved of God, have a new chance today to begin. Happy New Year. Amen. Amen.